Hello. How are you? Look at you with your beautiful background. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Goddamn fucking cat. (laughs) That that, that was unnecessarily. I'm sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Aggressive way to start off. He's being very annoying today. So he's just being a cat is what he's doing. No, he's, you know, he's usually a very, like, well-behaved, chill, like, he just likes to lay around and sleep most of the time. Like me. Okay. So he's like me. Okay. But like, to like, and he's been good all day. And then like the last like 20 minutes, he has just been like literally running up and just biting me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sounds, sounds about, about cat-like. Um, in case people don't recognize your voice, mm-hmm. do you want to tell people who you are? Special guest tonight? It's Wes, you guys. It's Wes! Yay! <laughs> hello, hello. Welcome to But We Digress with Kat and Lex and Wes. Oh my gosh. It's I such... do love that background. Isn't it? Thank Isn't you. it beautiful? Like, look at Thank all those you. sequins and this blues and purples. It's like the colors of my hair when, <laughs> when, when Lauren did my it hair is. the last time. It's like the universe. <laughs> mm. I wish, I'm also I far wish. away, so I can't really see it from here. I can just see purple and blue. My eyes it's, are very blurry right now, so it's what I wish I could uh make my hair look like, but I don't have hair to dye, so oh, oh. <laughs> you had like the three like Homer Simpson strands. Right. On the yeah, show. I'll just dye one. I'll do like one purple, one green, yeah. and one pink. Yeah, gotta get no, some I've teal. shaved those though, so like, oh wow, wow, yeah, yeah, like this is what I normally look like, right? The angle that the, the blur is, yeah, it, yeah, okay, so there you go, oh, there you go, yeah. there's your, See, there's your, balls. I don't rock a comb over, so <laughs> oh. I like to come over. Oh, god, no. I like the beginning personally, and I know you guys at yeah. home can't can't see this. Um, this one's not going to be on on the YouTube because of reasons, but, um, yeah, aka what? me laying on the couch with a back injury. <laughs> hey, what? you just got too much dick and you blew that back out. I wish. Yeah, right. Dude, she hasn't gotten dick in. Wait, how old is how old is Kaya? Two. So it's two years plus nine months. She hasn't gotten dick. Hey, it could have been a dick that she bought. I mean, you know. Nope. Nope. Well, she's got, well, she should have toys. If she doesn't, then she's that I need to talk to her. I need I'm to not have commenting a on that. Nope. Okay. No, I can well, hook I'm, you up with my aunt. I have an aunt that sells them. I can hook you up with her. Oh, <laughs> I don't. I don't need that. But I'm good. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I hurt my back, guys, because I literally bent over to unplug my phone from the charger from the flora thing. Oh. What do you call it? What part of your back is it? My lower left side. Okay, that's that's me. I have yeah. that. So I never ever have a back like back pain. Ever. Well, this is what I'm wondering is who who you're channeling the pain because you know how you always get it for patients. Oh yeah, that is true. No, this time it was just me. <laughs> this is this is actually you know an, a real injury, not just me like driving and then all of a sudden feeling pain. But it was weird because when it happened, it didn't hurt that bad, and now it's three days later, and now it's like worse than it was. But I'm going to get treatment. I'll get acupuncture on Wednesday. So I can't treat myself. But it's just funny because, like, I haven't had back pain in many, many years. And so here I am 
on the couch. And of course, Kaya was jumping on me. Charlie's jumping on me. I'm like, guys, I need to do oh. the podcast laying down I'm in the fetal uh, position with the microphone on the couch. <laughs> I think this is a cover-up story. I think you are going, trying to go on all fours on the mattress to take Trust pictures me. for somebody on Grinder. Yeah, right. <laughs> Russ, I'm not you. I can't live up to your uh, amazing stories. <laughs> I mean, I thought I had some stories, but, but, but Wes kind of challenges me on that. We've talked offline about some of our our stories and and um yeah didn't didn't you say i won <laughs> yeah yes yes my, yeah uh, well emirati's stories yes i well i didn't tell the dinosaur never mind never mind oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> let's just I'm, say there's a dinosaur park that got a lot of action in my hometown is it the oh. dinosaur park no, wait, Tommy Boy wasn't in Texas. Never mind. Do you, no, do you remember really? Tommy Sorry. Boy? Yes, yes, I remember Tommy Boy. Fat guy in a little coat. Anyways, <laughs> they go to eat that at the dinosaur restaurant or whatever. There was like the dino park and never mind. Did you take your meds yet, Lexi? Uh no. You need I to took, I took ibuprofen. No. <laughs> <laughs> um no, so so Lexi, you're a little bit fired up. Um, why don't you tell people you've been fired up all day about this situation and um i've got to say the reddit the reddit situation situation first because that's like i have just been laughing all day because so you guys lexi got her first ban from reddit now if anybody (laughs) who's been on reddit at for any period of time knows that like everybody's gonna get banned right if you're not getting banned from reddit you're not interneting right like i don't just, internet i don't internet, right apparently. i know you don't and so and you're super fired up about the van <laughs> that you're all pissed <laughs> off and i'm just laughing because of like okay everything me... like my history on reddit and with the mods and <laughs> yeah, uncensored 90 day and if any of you guys know that history i was heavily involved in all that in the creation of the uncensored 90 day subreddit okay so let me explain why i'm pissed off okay okay so we did the interview with chris Mm -hmm. and crispy right crispy and i'm a part of the uh you know 600 pound life reddit thread community this one Mm -hmm. group whatever yeah um and so i'm looking through the rules because i'm like wow i would really like to post this podcast he answers a lot of the questions that people are posting in this fucking thread okay well did he get the weight loss surgery so i was like why did he move his girlfriend out from his ex-wife out from (laughs) right so i read all the rules and the only one that was kind of questionable was do not post social media links so i said to myself is a podcast considered social media in my mind since you don't internet right in my mind didn't know it's not and i looked it up and the internet web says that in most cases it's not considered social media the so, internet web. Yes. what are you 80 years old My i God. am i'm a boomer she Wes. Is. okay i'm a boomer she is such a boomer when she's actually 10 years younger than me at least yes. <laughs> so. okay so so then i post the podcast and i get banned and i get a message saying no self-promotion you got like insta banned right now i'm looking through the rules and and nowhere in the rules does it say anything about self-promotion or not promoting it says you can't post your social media don't be a dick and all these other things so i i messaged the moderator and i was just like can you explain why like i looked through the rules and i don't understand why um 
And they responded with, you can't promote yourself, something, something, something. Okay. So then they added on a rule after they banned me <laughs> that says no self-promotion, no podcast. Now, in my mind, you should have just unbanned me because I was right and you were wrong. And you just wanted to like bend the rules, which were not there because I did the right thing and you didn't. <laughs> and now you're going to add on a rule after that just goes to show that I'm right because you had to add on a rule. I'm like, just laughing so much at how seriously you are taking this as if it was like you were banned from, I don't know, like maybe if you were the president banned from Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it is so funny to me because it's literally like some neckbeard in his mom's basement. Oh, yeah. Like who just ha didn't get you know like the cam girl wasn't available that day so he didn't get to give himself the handy that he wanted and was a little cranky when that came through so he's just throwing you know shit out because why not yeah but what gives him the right if he's wrong like it wasn't in the rules because, because, he, he runs... <laughs> because that <laughs> because because that reddit is his world and he's uh, the king there because okay. he's a he's a he's a mediocre white man with a small dick. Uh oh, uh oh, uh -oh. <laughs> that's going to segue to our next You're, segment. Yeah. Right, <laughs> he's a, I'm, I, I'm I'm setting it up. Right, yeah. I'm lobbing the ball over there. <laughs> but he's a mediocre white man with a small dick, and so he started a Reddit form. And I can't be me because they love me there. So this is not Wes saying this. This is I'm channeling uh, Lexi or Katrina saying. You're this. explaining. Wes. You're explaining yeah. the interwebs to to Lexi. And, so oftentimes these, I'm not going to say him, oftentimes these moderators are mediocre white men with small dicks <laughs> that have no power in real life. So they start a, an online life, whether it be a server on Discord or a Reddit page where they control everything and they make the rules and that's their kingdom. Right. Yeah, that makes so sense. My history of why I ended up leaving Reddit and coming to Instagram to begin with and starting the follow my fraudy tale account, which led to fraud by TLC, which led to fraud media, you know, and on and on and on. Originally got my start on Reddit. What got my, what happened after a bunch of other stuff that happened was the moderator of the 90 day fiance subreddit, Katie, not Holmes. There was a big thing where she was just insta banning people and all kinds of things that happened. And then somebody created the, uncensored forum and then somebody was posting like porn in there just because like they don't want they don't censor anything so <laughs> someone's <laughs> posting porn. It, just, it was it was like such this like huge uproar in what's a fucking 90 day fiance subreddit drama it was like yeah, <laughs> but, it, yeah. Like, but yeah that was the situation there so. well and what gets me the most is that you and i posted uh wes's podcast link in another mm -hmm. you know post and we didn't get banned then so i guess they could just pick and choose they're selective who about it yeah yeah which is bullshit i don't like that i like you want to know something you know? even funnier and is that um <laughs> wait, were you around for that the 90 day fiance subreddit uh, blow up wait, were you wait, wait, around wait. for that <laughs> uh, on on that subreddit Wait, real quick, where you posted the link to the interview you guys did with me. Mm. When I found out about that subreddit, I I I posted and I'm like, hey, I'm Wes from the show. Thanks for all the kind words. And I'm like, by the way, if you want to follow me, here's my Instagram. 
And, and you didn't get banned. No, because you're a cast member. You get different, treated differently. That's fine. But that's self-promotion. He should be banned. But he's a cast member. It's a link to my social page. But it says no links to socials. <laughs> I'm saying they just got to be consistent. They have to be consistent. That's all. Reddit is like the taint of the internet. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, that's why. You guys, everyone has told me they were like, because everybody has been so nice to me on Reddit, right? They right, so, which is completely so nice unusual. And everyone has said that. And I'm so, uh, everyone's like, oh no, give it a couple of days. And then, you know, you're just, this is just like the initial nice wave, wave, but give it a couple of days. And then, you know, they'll, uh, you'll see right. how they are. And I'm like, no, it, we're going on week five. And, and <laughs> that's, and, good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, Reddit is like, like a block and a half away from like 4chan. (laughs) So I've never been on 4chan, but isn't that even more open? Like you can do whatever? Yes. Uh, That's where QAnon comes from. Uh, Well, well, they went from 4chan to 8chan and then. Yeah, but that's where QAnon was born. they're listening to us they're listening everyone's <laughs> listening to us but yeah. i will say you know you talked about the president getting banned from instagram or from twitter uh, yeah or from so from twitter did you ever go to that particular i'm not going to say the name but that particular president's a uh, new social media company they started I, I not really but i watch the news so they talk about stuff that's posted over there but ha- have you ever gone onto it and looked at it no Oh my God. So I was curious oh and God. I made, I made an account and I went over there and it is just like, we're going to, we're going to get in trouble. Like we, we're going to veer into territory <laughs> here. <laughs> it, it is, it is an eye opening experience. I'll, I'll say that. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, who should open their eyes is um, somebody who was listening to us talking about uh mediocre white men um (laughs) we got a review that we need to address (laughs) because we're fired up about this um this review said what did it say lexi you want to read it i gotta find my phone let me reach oh god sorry i didn't mean to make it's okay no 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 you're okay (laughs) you want me to read it to you i have it right here i think yeah why don't you why don't you give us a dramatic reenactment is it the is it the the irony one yeah Yeah. the title and all maybe uh let me let me do my my vocal exercises the popatio capital is not in canada (laughs) (laughs) it says look mediocre white women this is the title and then it says one star the irony is not lost on these women judging everyone it's gross actually do not listen. Okay, can we just talk okay, about so how amazing that review sounds now that Wes said it? Yes. <laughs> I think the best review we've ever had. So so a few things about this review. One is clearly this person um listens to us because I mean obviously they wouldn't know this mediocre white man crusade I'm on, um, unless they listen to us, but then they're gonna tell people not to listen, but I'll take your download they'll take the ad and ad impressions 
Um, so I don't understand. Um, and I think this harkens back to the days of yore in which speaking of Reddit drama and Instagram drama and all of that stuff, there was campaign of sorts, probably multiple times where whatever the term of art is, you may know it that where people, somebody, some, Somebody riles up all their minions, sends them over to a site to leave negative reviews. Mm-hmm. That's what happened to me. Happened uh, years, you know, and and I'm not talking about like le- the legitimate reviews, like that are critiques of the show and things that we did and said and whatever. I'm not talking about like legitimate stuff. I mean, ones that clearly didn't listen to the show and just came over to say Katrina's a bitch or whatever, um, whatever nonsense they were spewing back then. Um, it, it, it gives me leftover vibes, like vibes of that yesteryear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. But then the other thing about it is. Dun, dun, dun. Here dun, comes dun, dun. the big news. <laughs> like how many times do we have to say this? Because we've gotten a review with this exact same formula. You guys know that Hannah Kawa is black, right? <laughs> you guys know she's not white. So when, like, the first one that we got, when it was just me and her, so clearly, you know, she was involved because, you know, she's not on all the shows these days, right? So so the person could have, who knows what the person was talking about, but we're not, we're not a white girl podcast, you guys. Yep. We are people of color. Well, we have, you know, I mean, like, we, we try to represent all of that. So, um making assumptions that clearly are wrong i think is like that's the irony not whatever you tried to point out like us talking about mediocre white men whatever be my trigger guess what if you don't like it you don't have to listen it's not mandatory listening and you know what in jumping off of that i will also say from my understanding crispy Mm -hmm. was not offended by it because if he was offended by it he wouldn't have spoken with you guys right yeah he he seemed really cool about it yeah Mm -hmm. so you know um, i mean we addressed that right at the beginning of the interview you know it's it's all in good fun right i mean Mm -hmm. it's 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 nothing how do i say this it's not it's not like you went out and stabbed him in the face with a pitchfork or something i mean (laughs) like you expressed your opinion about him. I happen mm-hmm. to agree in some respects towards that opinion. And, and I explained um, where I got it from, you know. Right. You know, and it's just systematic. It's just a systematic representation of 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 a of a whole picture, right? And it's not even that, you know, I don't even and I'm not trying to put words into your mouth or speak for you, but at at one point it's not even really that you're illustrating you're, it's not even really you're saying that it's him exactly. It's more of like he's just a representation of yes. an ideal that's pervasive. Of, yes, that's of an why entire, it's in all caps. I mean, that's right. why it's capital letters, medium. Right. <laughs> I mean, you're yeah. right, right, right. It's you know, it's just <laughs> pervasive of something, and so um, it's very, it's very funny to me when you see um, responses like that because. It just goes to illustrate the mediocrity that is there. <laughs> you know? That's it's, true. Uh, you know, it's those, the, somebody that gets offended by that, 
it just goes to show how mediocre they really are. <laughs> because like, you know, I'm going to talk about myself again. I was naked on a fucking national television show. Yeah, you were. 700 pounds, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I talked about, I came on your podcast and talked about pissing in the bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, you so if I, of all people, can get up there and talk about that, then I certainly think anybody else, I I have am of the opinion that if I have enough thick skin to do that, then somebody else should be able to handle someone saying, I think you're acting a little mediocre. Well, you know, I mean, oh, yeah, I mean, and, and I've said many times I'm married to one, like yeah. the epitome of mediocre white man, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, not that, the, you know, the, there's some level of privilege that was there, you know, um, certainly lots of childhood, tra- there was childhood trauma that happened, but, um, you know, he lost his father at 17 years old. And, and so that's clearly, you know, mm-hmm, was problematic, mm-hmm. but, but I've talked to him about this, you know, the, you know, he comes from a different background and than I do as an sort of underrepresented, you know, I'm a, I'm a female that I was growing up in the eighties and nineties when let's just be mm-hmm. honest, women were not very revered. I mean, we're still not, obviously we can't even no. well, make our I, own medical I, decisions, but right. Well, and I think that it's very hard for somebody that, you know, I am, I am part Mexican, right? right. And I am fortunate to be very white passing. Yes. You know, you you would not look at me and know that I'm part Mexican. Um, but I identify more with the Mexican side of my family than the white side, just because I was raised around them. Mm-hmm. I have cousins that are have just as much white in them as I do and just as much Mexican in them as I do. But they are very Mexican presenting. Right. And okay. there have been situations where they have been treated so shitty you know just like for instance going to a restaurant literally (laughs) they've gone out and out racism yes like literally they've gone into the restaurant asked for a table and they've been told we're filled up tonight we don't have any tables and they've and they've and they've left they've gone out i've gone in right after them and asked for the table for the same amount of people and was and i've been given a table and i'm not talking like 30 minutes later i'm talking like as soon as they go in as soon as they leave, you know, and I've been given the table. So, you know, you know, so I've seen it with my own eyes. And then on top of that, I also, as a gay man, have, I Wait, remember you're gay. Time, right. <laughs> I, think you're I remember one time. I just, I you know, went, I didn't want to make any assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> one time I went to, uh, I was with a partner of mine. I don't know if I told you all this story or not, but I was with a Is partner this where you of got mine. The, a lot of, a lot of Mexican in you. Right, right. Uh, I was with a partner of mine and we went to check into um, a hotel room and uh, it was in the middle of the night and we were traveling and we just needed to get a hotel room for the night. Just, you know, just as any normal couple would. Right. Mm -hmm. We were we were we were going somewhere last minute where there was a family emergency on his side and we had to go somewhere last minute. So we couldn't make a reservation. Um, And it was here in Texas. 
and we were traveling through the night and it was, we were just exhausted because Texas obviously is a very large state. Right. Mm. And we were exhausted. So we decided, well, we'll just, we'll get a hotel room for the night and we'll go on. But we were also uh, very poor. So we didn't have a lot of money. And so we uh, went to go check in and he and I went in together and we went to check in and we said, can we get a hotel room? And they looked at both of us and they said, okay, well, um, all we have is one hotel room that has uh, dou- double beds in it. And and he says, and it's X amount of dollars. And I said, well, how much is a single? And he says, well, if a single is, you know, X amount and it's significantly cheaper. I said, well, then we'll just take the single. And he said, oh, but no, there's there's two of you. And I said, yeah, that's that's my boyfriend. It's fine. we want to sleep in the same bed yeah he's like that's your boyfriend and I said yeah he goes we don't we don't uh we don't accept that here we don't we don't uh run out to people like you wow I'll just need to leave just get out of here we don't we don't we don't have that around here you should put out their name on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) and so and so as someone that's experienced that level of Mm -hmm of, you know, what you're talking to Katrina, you know, I, um, I know what's out there. And so I don't get offended. Um, all right. I could take, <laughs> I should say, I could take criticism of the whiteness of me, right. Of mm. in the whiteness of other things. So I just think that people that have never had to experience that sort of thing in their life, they've never had to uh, they've always been had a certain amount of privilege. They've never had to experience what society really does to people that aren't privileged. When someone does try to show that privilege to their face, then they they can't take it, you know, and mm-hmm. then they lash out. Yeah, yep. Um, and you know, I mean, it's a like like you said, it's 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 not a title that's bestowed on like specific individuals. It's it's mm-hmm. it it stems from a mediocre white man syndrome. It's mm-hmm. is, is mm-hmm. the this generalness of being having been privileged to be in this white men, you know, mm-hmm. and g- things get given to you that uh, aren't given to other people, and you don't experience the same kinds of hardships that other people do, and so you, but you're like mediocre. I'm mediocre, you know. Um, I mean, I got my annual appraisal today, and you know, I'm a, I'm like slightly above mediocre there (laughs) you know but like in general i'm just a you know mediocre white woman (laughs) you know it's oh i got i got my annual review uh back and um let's just say i'm lucky to have a job (laughs) (laughs) and on that note (laughs) and on that note um also, I would like to update you on the Wes's Love Yourself Challenge, which is, you know, as you've asked, <laughs> did you do you love yourself today? Did you love yourself? So I told you the other day that I'm, you know, getting a little bit more comfortable just like walking mm-hmm. around the house, like, good, you know, good, good. whatever. So I'm like, I love like this particular lounge set that I have. It's a pair of shorts and like a little tank top and stuff. stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, and um, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Oh yes, one time an episode, every time. Um, kicking out that, <laughs> that cord. Um, 
So I was walking around in this, like, you know, my fuzzy shorts and my little crop top thing. And um, let's just say I didn't have to pay any extra to get my podcast done this weekend. So <laughs> um, it was much appreciated. I'm just saying. So I'm walking around trying to love like my belly and all uh-huh, of this that's uh-huh, hanging out. Uh-huh. Yes. And um yeah, somebody else really liked it. There you go. <laughs> See, exactly. white man husband was really into it. So. Exactly. See, well, well, and that's it. You know, as I've said before, loving the body that you have now does not mean that you can't work on the body you have mm-hmm. now. It does not mean that you loving the body you have now does not mean that you can't recognize that you have flaws. And I'm not saying you have flaws. I'm just saying right. in general. Right. You know. Uh, you, but you've got to you've got to love yourself enough to know that you've got to work on yourself, and that's yeah. all. I'm, that's all I want people to do. I just want people to love themselves so they can be the best person they can be. Mm-hmm. Beautiful words, Wes. Beautiful. Beautiful words. And loving yourself is really hard. Um, tell you that. Tell you what. Like my sobriety journey, getting sober and stuff. Like I had to go through a lot of learning on that level. Oh. That's rough stuff to, to deal with. Um, anyway, um, you know, <laughs> we haven't even told everybody. <laughs> We've been talking for like half an hour and we haven't even gotten into the subject of our of our, our story today. Um, <laughs> so let me get to that. Um, we are. Um, OK, well, we're talking today about we're, we're delving some way into the Murdoch cases and that's the alex murdoch or alec murdoch murdoch you've heard i've heard it pronounced differently but alex murdoch um was just recently convicted of murdering his wife and son paul and um Mm -hmm. if you were living under a rock or just didn't want to pay attention to it like i didn't pay attention to it until like his trial was coming on and then i was like oh maybe i do i mean i kind of heard it Mm -hmm. in passing but i didn't know anything about it then I started watching all the documentaries on it. So he was just convicted of murdering his wife and son. Um, and then there was also, he was then shot in the head and um, was found out to have done it himself. And then, um, but prior to this, there was a boating accident in which Paul was the driver and somebody died. And then there's also another, a couple other mysterious deaths. And one of them is this gentleman named Stephen Smith, who was found on the road, like in the middle of the road um, and dead. And um, there was some talk that Buster Murdoch, Murdoch, who is one of the older son um, and the one still surviving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The one, the living son. Um, had something to do with it, but it went away. And then um, it kind of just like the case went away because that's what happens. And we'll get into all those details, but we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about um, the Stephen Smith case, which you might be hearing about on the news because they're reopening that investigation. So we'll be right back. Okay. And we're back. So we're going to talk today about the... um, Stephen Smith case. Now I set up a little bit of a primer on the Murdoch family. It's there's so much to it and we'll get in. I guess we're going to, I don't know how much we're going to get into like their legacy and their dynasty and, and how far back it goes. There's really interesting tangents on this. 
on this case, but um, we wanted to focus on the Stephen Smith case. And we actually started talking about doing this episode before he was the the before the guilty verdict came in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was after the guilty verdict that they said they were going to reopen the case and stuff. So um, we've been talking about doing this for a while. And here we are. So, Wes. Well, so. Um, Stephen Smith was 19 years old when he um, was found dead. And this was in 2015. So this is what, 2023 now. So we're looking at what, eight years? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, As you mentioned, they did just reopen the case. And actually they they have now classified his death as a homicide. Okay, well, that's important because earlier uh, they didn't. I believe it was um, accidental if I'm not mistaken, or hit and run or something like that. And that but goes it, back to the Murdoch mm, family influence yes, that we're, yeah. we're going right. to. <laughs> right. So yeah, now it has been classified as, as um, a homicide. And actually his family had a GoFundMe page uh, where they were trying to raise money to have his body exhumed. And right. they've reached their goal. And so now they're going to have his body exhumed so they can do further testing. Oh, that's amazing. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yes. And so that's all recently just happened within the last, I think, five days or so. Right. Right. Just I mean, here in March. This yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just been, it's been crazy. Um, and Buster actually within, I think within the last three days has finally released a statement in regards to this. Oh. Um, he's, he's never said anything previous to it. He's finally released a statement and he has, unequivocally denied everything obviously uh-huh. um, uh-huh. says that he um you know these are vicious rumors <laughs> and that he does not want to be involved in any of this that he's trying to grieve the loss of his mother and his brother and deal with his father being incarcerated he asks for everybody's um, oh. kindness and understanding. Privacy and kindness during this tough time. Right. He wants to grieve as a private citizen. And he also sends uh, his heartfelt condolences and best wishes to the, uh, to the Smith family. Of course he does. Yeah, of course, course he does. does. So, 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 so to recap, the Murdoch family, as the current day Murdoch family, was Alex Murdoch and his wife Maggie. Yes. And their two sons, Buster, who's the older one, and mm-hmm. Paul, who's the younger one. Yes. And Paul had been involved. Paul was like, I, I like in these two, and everything I've heard about them is similar to like um uh William and Harry, right? Prince William and yes. Prince Harry. Like, yes, exactly. like you know, Harry was the 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 rebel and kind of the troublemaker and stuff. Well, in that sense, Paul was was the Harry to Buster, right? Yes. And so he was like, you know, he was kind of lost and, you know, Buster could do no wrong and he was always doing wrong mm-hmm, and, and that mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm, thing, even mm-hmm. though Buster fell out of law school. <laughs> well, probably because, I mean, he, he's never had to study. Talk about mediocre white man. Right? I was listening because of mediocre <laughs> white man syndrome. Right. And this is what I'm yes. talking about. Right. Yes. So he never had to work hard. Right. Um, And so suddenly he's failing out of law school but that aside um so we had paul and he was out with his girlfriend and his group of friends and they were drinking well yeah they were all drinking he was really excessive i'm sure he was we should say alleged all this is alleged right now oh right because the trial never happened (laughs) um conveniently um yeah (laughs) 
anyway, um, so one of the girls, Mallory Beach, um, was thrown from the the boat and died. Um, I probably, I think on impact is what they said. They, they ultimately found her body. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in litigation, um, mm-hmm. the beach family and the other stuff that was going on. Now, the thing, one of the things about the, the Murdoch family is Buster is super lawyer in the town. And he's also the solicitor, which is like the head prosecutor. Kind no, no, of. Alex, not Buster. Alex. Alex. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Buster, his father, Buster. Yes. Yeah. Um, the other buster. So he comes from a long line of these solicitors from in the county, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it goes back to there was a train accident where that was probably a suicide, but they sued the train company like you hit this guy, um, one of the Murdochs, and they sued and got money for it. But but they the reality was it was a suicide. <laughs> But yeah. whatever. So it goes like all the way back to these guys getting out of trouble mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of their name. So right. Yeah. Fast forward to now we're at this next this gener is current generation. And mm-hmm. we have Paul who had that accident. And then the well, right, and, the, and, the and they've in, they've ingratiated themselves in the judicial community there, right? And so mm-hmm. they've got the they've got the judicial branch in their pocket they've got the the judges in their pockets they've got the da's in their pockets they have the coroners in their pockets mm-hmm. they've got the sheriff's department in their pockets so uh, small this town is good old boy right, network small town good old boy and just in that county that they live in right mm-hmm. and um and you know and it's all but generational right and so they right. built it step by step brick by brick <laughs> built it like that and then it's eventually worked its way down to where it got to the whole Paul situation where Mallory Beach passed away or then if we want to tie it back into Stephen Smith you know and this again is all alleged mm-hmm. Stephen Smith when he when when his body was found the initial uh highway patrol they they notated that it was a gunshot wound Mm-hmm. right they said it looks like he was shot uh because he was found three miles from his vehicle right and it was right. like in the middle of the night it was the middle and of the was night. it was the highway four. patrol guys that were the only ones that thought there were would the, the like yes okay so it Go was ahead. it was it was 4 a.m side note it was uh like 15 miles from the murdoch family's estate out there in the middle of nowhere i have to tell you as someone from a very rural area in the South that is gay, obviously, right? <laughs> You're not going to be uh, in the middle of a cornfield at 4 a.m. unless you're looking for some dick. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's just, you know, that, let's call it like it is. Unless you're meeting up with somebody in the middle of the night, you're not going to be out there on that in the dark in the middle of the night, right? right. So Stephen Smith was found... Uh, fifth, within 15 miles of the Murdoch estate, mm-hmm. three miles from his vehicle in the middle of the road, mm-hmm. uh, the the highway patrol say that it looks like uh, there's a gunshot wound. There is no debris from a vehicle around him because if it was a hit and run, there would have been something, right? There's no de- there's no debris from a vehicle around him. There's no yeah. There's no glass. glass. There's, there's no, no glass. Nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing in his head or anything. It just 
looks like a gunshot wound. Mm -hmm. It isn't until it gets to the coroner, who happens to also be a family friend of the Murdochs, by the Mm -hmm. way, who the, the coroner, who then says, oh, it's a hit and run. And when the police, when the highway patrol gets the coroner's report, they call the coroner and they say, no, this is not right. How do you, how did you determine that it's a hit and run? You know, everything that we have shows that it's not. And she says, because from, from, what, from what I'm reading, she says, it's not my job to determine what that is. It's your job to investigate it. The other thing that I heard was that she said um, that the, the, what she based her dis- determination on was that he was found in the middle of the road. Yes, like that, yes. That, that was it. Yeah, that he was found in the middle of the road. And then they asked her, you know, and then that's when they asked her, well, you know, but wh- what other evidence do you have? And she said, you're the cops. You you do the investigations you know, along and, that lines. And some, some other background to note too, the night of the boat wreck. So they, the, one of the big issues with the boat wreck scenario thing was not only that he was drunk driving off, you know, dry, whatever, drunk while dr- boating or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Um, They tried to pin that on the other guy. Yes. Blanking on his name. But then, mm-hmm. so they're also, they get, they go to the hospital. The first person he calls is his, his grandfather. Yes. His grandfather. Yeah. And so grandpa and dad, who's Alex come yes. to the hospital. Now you got Alex with his little solicitor badge hanging out of his pocket. Now this all came out was uh, during the trial, his trial, because he was trying to intimidate people. And, um, all of the testimony of all of the kids that were there said that, you know, he wasn't going around asking them how they're doing or how Mm -hmm. the search for Mallory was going. He was trying to confine Paul away from everybody else. And also, by the way, Paul's Paul was so drunk, his antics like required all kinds of different restraints. restraints. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and to try to like minimize everything that was happening. Right. So he was, he was trying to exert their family name influence at the hospital yes, about, Oh, we'll yes. take care of it. We'll give you an attorney. We'll get you an attorney. So, so with that history, that's happened before. So now we have this other scenario where suddenly officials are, you know, yeah. Yes. Well, the Murdoch so, brothers showed up on the scene of the Stephen Smith act murder um, cause like the, one of the children that was in the boating accident or whatever, someone saw at least one of the brothers there asking the cops questions and he had no reason to be there. Wait, wait, that was wait. on another wait, documentary what? I saw. On wait, so, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So, so wait, let's, yeah, let, let's, I want to make sure I don't get this confused. You're saying that Paul showed up, Paul or Buster showed up to Stephen Smith's, no. um, Alex's brother, one of the uncles. Alex's brother, Randy. Paul's uncle. One showed of up them. to the scene of the Stephen Smith yes. accident? No, yes. nobody showed up to that scene. They were there later. That's the next day or something, they were there. No, they were investigating with the cops. It was in the new Netflix documentary with the the kids. I just so, rewatched the HBO one today, and I don't remember. Did you see the new Netflix one? Yeah, but yeah. I don't remember that. It was like, I remember so, the uncles going the next day or something. Right. So now I do know that Alex's brother, Randy, um, he did 
speak to the officers that were investigating the Stephen Smith case because about a month after, about a, within a month of the Stephen Smith murder, or Stephen Smith body being found, the uh, highway patrol that were investigating, because let me go back, this death occurred uh, outside of the city limits uh, on a county road. So it's not handled by city police. It's going to be handled by the sheriff's department or the highway patrol, right? And so the highway patrol is the one that's in conducting the investigation. And so within a month of the highway patrol conducting this investigation, they've, they've received numerous tips that Buster is somehow involved with Stephen, that they have some sort of relationship. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they're trying to establish if this is... Uh, true these allegations are true right and so uh they're you know they're asking questions and going on and doing things like this from what my understanding is at some point buster's uncle randy called the highway patrol and said uh, and what essentially told them to stop investigating buster and to look into these other uh these other leads they had and then um he also then went to the Smith family, Randy did, and initially told them, I'm going to investigate your son's murder uh, pro bono. Mm-hmm. Just out of nowhere, like went to them and said, I'm going to investigate your son's murder pro bono. Uh, got them, you know, got their hopes up and then ditched them and never talked to them again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, why, why, yeah. why is all the Murdochs up in the up in the Stephen right. Smith business? Why, yeah, you know, yeah. Why are they getting involved? Why are they, why are they trying to have them investigate other people and not look into these allegations that Buster had a secret sexual relationship with Stephen Smith? Mm-hmm. Because you know Stephen Smith was openly gay, right? And uh, one of the teachers had mentioned to the police that. Uh, Stephen Smith was Buster's tutor. And um, so they, and it it is alleged that through this tutoring that Buster and Stephen um, became close and started a relationship. That all tracks. Yeah. You know, which is, which is very understandable. And as someone who comes from the South, Mm -hmm. um, I would understand why it would be, um, comes from a small town in the south i would very i would understand why it would be very hard for buster to um deal with that Mm -hmm. especially in that family especially in that family you know i come from a family that is we don't have any money at all (laughs) not (laughs) nowhere near wealthy but we we are uh, very well known in our community um, and it's a very, it's, I'm from a very, very small community. Everyone knows everybody, everybody watches everybody. But my family has been there since that town has been started. Okay. I mean, my family was one of the founding families of that town. And so um, you are watched, <laughs> if that makes sense, you know? And There's always somebody about- watching you. Always somebody watching you and and you're talked about. And so I I can very well see how, you know, maybe Buster, maybe Buster started something sexually with Stephen. Maybe there was some sort of relationship. And, you know, this is 
I'm just piecing it together from what I read and from my experience as a gay guy from rural town in the mm-hmm. deep South, you know, the, it's very plausible that I could see that, you know, Buster was probably um, a very popular kid at this mm-hmm. public high school because he's a wealthy kid from a small town. So right. he's going to be popular. Yeah. Stephen Smith was openly gay in a small town, mm-hmm. which means that he maybe wasn't unpopular, but he was probably not the most popular person. One of the documentaries, I believe it was the HBO one, because I've rewatched that today, was um, they were talking about, um, like his mom was talking about how, yeah, he was an outcast, but he was right. kind of the leader of the outcast. It was like him yes. being so open yeah. um, about mm-hmm. who he was, helped give other oddballs right. Yes. Like, yep. you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the comfort to be oddballs. I relate to that 100%. I was the mother of the gays. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and um, you know, so I can very well see how, like, you know, their their paths probably never crossed, interacted. And then Stephen Smith was, I believe it was, he was his biology tutor and Stephen Smith was studying to be a nurse. So that means that obviously he's has some knowledge of biology, right? Right. And so... It would not be out of the realm of ordinary if he's got an aptitude for biology. Right. That he then is maybe tutoring Buster. Mm-hmm. And so Buster is now away from his friends and he's one-on-one with Steven. And maybe, I've seen that in, right. in, in Lifetime movies. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they they, well, they and, get it right though, right? Right. Well, and, and like, I, I just know, I know from personal experience, like there was a guy that I went to high school with that was, um, in public, when we were around people, he was an asshole, just a, just a, a dick to me, right? Just a out and out asshole to me. But there were times when I would be like, when I'd be working, cause I was a waiter in the town that I grew up in and high school I was a waiter and he would come in and if he wasn't around other people, he was as nice as could be. He would talk to me. He was real sociable. Right. Mm-hmm. So I could see, you know, I'm seeing all this in my mind that like, I mean, and it's just, I, it, it's just lining up for me where like, I could see how Buster lets his guard down when he's not around his friends. Maybe he has these, um, feelings that he's afraid to you know acknowledge with the people but right Stephen Smith is so open that you know he feels comfortable with him Stephen Smith wasn't a bad looking kid I'll be honest with you I thought yeah, he was kind of yeah. attractive <laughs> and you know and so you know one thing leads to another and something you know starts and then you know it goes on for a few months it's a secret and then you get on maybe a year or two later they want to get together and hook up in the middle of the night and um, Steven goes out there to hook up with him and maybe Buster doesn't want that to happen or some friends of Buster's are there and they see him mm-hmm. and uh, things get out of hand. Well, well, that was one of the, so when the highway patrol were investigating and they were talking to the, all mm-hmm. these friends and stuff, and they kept getting this name and the story that they kind of were able to piece together is that people were hearing rumors that it was Buster and Paul probably, and like mm-hmm. another one of his friends. Yes. And they like beat him up in the truck, threw him out of the mm-hmm. truck and drove mm-hmm. off. Yes. Um, um, that was seemed to be the consistent story that he was getting. Right. And that does not seem 
that does not seem far-fetched to me. No, you know, at all. It, you yeah, know, at I mean, all. and you know, and it it seems very, very plausible to me that possibly that could have happened. That you know, maybe, or you know, and maybe also maybe Stephen Smith developed feelings for Paul and maybe or for Buster, and maybe mm-hmm. Buster didn't have those feelings. Maybe Buster or he had to play the role that or he, he had to play the role. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like maybe there was something in it more for Steven than there was for Buster and Buster was trying to go out there to like right. um, beg him to be with them because that also said, they also said that um, Steven had a, had a twin sister named Stephanie mm-hmm. and she had mentioned that the last two weeks of his life, he had become very withdrawn. And very secretive. Very mm-hmm. secretive. And his mother admitted that also. He stopped going to school. His his, his schoolwork had gone down at college. You know, mm-hmm. his grades were suffering. So maybe uh, maybe he was having some issues with Buster and he went out to like try to smooth things over. Maybe And maybe an argument ensued with Buster and his friends were there. And I think it's interesting that his cell phone was in the car. So they found yes. his body three miles mm-hmm. away. Yes. But yes. the phone was still like in the car. Exactly. Yeah. So right. first they're trying to say like, oh, he, cause the car had run out of gas yes. and he, the, the story was, well, he must've been walking to go get gas and then was hit so by a car, yeah. the hit and run. Mm-hmm. That was their hit and run story. But like you said, his cell phone was in the car. Why no would you 19 go? year old leaves their phone. I'm sorry. It's just, and, and no. his wallet was in the car. Yeah. You're going to go get gas right. without your wallet and your phone. Right. Like walk well, down and, the street. And, no, like right. that. Exactly. No. Well, and on also like, yes, how are you going to get gas without a wallet? And then on top of that, why would you leave your vehicle, your car, your cell phone in the vehicle when you're walking down the road in the middle of the night? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. No. Yes. So in my mind, it's just very plausible that he was beaten up. They're very close to the Murdoch grant, the Murdoch house. You know, there are these rumors of a relationship between him and Buster. Mm-hmm. I can, it just all links. It up all adds up. And, you know, and his mom and sister on the HBO documentary, um, which, by the way, is called Low Country mm-hmm. Murdoch Dynasty, I think is what it's called. Um, mm-hmm. It's really good. Um, it's three parts, like a three part series. And then there's the Netflix one as well, um, which came out right before he was his the verdict came out. So mm-hmm. we'll be right back. And now back to the broadcast. Do you know what's crazy, though? In the Netflix documentary, when they were interviewing Paul's ex-girlfriend, she mentioned how she had dinner with the Murdoch family and Stephen Smith was brought up somehow. Um, and they uh-huh. all kind of brushed off his death like, oh, yeah, like that gay guy kind of thing, like died or whatever. Yes. It was just like yeah. completely brushed off. And mm-hmm. Buster did have a relationship, even if he if they weren't intimate, which we don't know. Um, they right. still had a relationship. So for somebody to be such a psychopath to just like brush mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. somebody dying like that is just disgusting. Yeah. Okay. So I remember um, the mom and, and sister were saying that in the, in the months before his death, he had become secretive, you know, and stuff. And that um, there were some other signs that he, and he would say things here and there about seeing somebody or hanging out with somebody that was very like well-known Powerful, or, yeah yeah mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, and, and he mm-hmm. was gonna in a couple of weeks was gonna go on a yacht or something you know um and and so there were signs also it wasn't just like yeah 
oh, he must have. I mean, there were other clues prior right. to it looking back yes. that made it yes. seem like that they were, you know, in the same place at the same time. What I find mm-hmm. also really interesting is they decided to reopen this case dur- after or during the Alex Murdoch murder trial. I wonder what they found during that discovery that led them to do that. Yeah, well, they so, so so let's remember they said that their the highway patrol said that they it looked like a gunshot wound to the head, right? Mm-hmm. So then also remember at Moselle, which is the property close to mm-hmm. where he died, at Moselle they had all these guns, right? Two of which were used of, to kill Paul right, and Maggie, right? Right, but they had all these guns laying everywhere, and what i read somewhere from if i'm not mistaken it is alleged that they perhaps discovered a gun that might match the gunshot wound that was um interesting i was thinking because one of the things that was big at the alex murdoch trial is paul's phone the data on paul's phone yes and um and it was the specifically there in that case, it, there was a Snapchat video that Paul had taken of the dogs that he was about to dog. send to yes. his friend. Mm-hmm. And in that you can hear Alex Murdoch and the time that it was is like right mm-hmm. at the same time the the murders happened. And so yeah. they were able to place, they were able to place Alex there after he'd previously denied being there. So mm-hmm. when they, they, they were combing the phones and stuff and they combed busters and everything, I'm wondering if there was digital evidence. I don't know if what Mm -hmm. Paul might have, but I mean, who knows what he may have. Right, right. Or is there something else that came out during the trial? And it's right. That that we didn't hear about there because it was irrelevant for, mm -hmm. you know, Alex's. Yeah, like what was in discovery, right? Like what did they come across in discovery? Right. And and you get, you know, you subpoena the phone records or whatever, and you get like mm -hmm. mountains and mountains of phone records, and you have to sit there and go through and doc review. That's like the interns get paid for, you know? Yeah, (laughs) right. And like, you know, and it just, you know, and then, you know, you look at all of all of this circumstantial evidence, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And you piece it together and it makes a very plausible story. Right. And then you look at after the fact, and I go back to Randy Murdoch calling the police to mm-hmm. get them off of his to to move them off of his nephew's scent. Right. Randy Murdoch going to Stephen Smith's family saying, "I'm going to investigate this murder pro bono for you." Mm-hmm. It's like, why is he even getting involved? Right. Like, you know. Yeah. You know. So like all of these rumors about your nephew, and then you turn around and try to shift blame away from him or try to like remove him from the equation and do something else over here. It's like, you know, what is that saying? You know, it's like, watch what the right hand is doing as the left hand is stealing from you or something. Right. The distraction. You know, I mean, there's, there's so many interesting things about this because you know, we, we didn't, we ha- haven't really gotten into like the, the generational um, dynasty aspect of using mm-hmm. their, their name and, and wealth and privilege mm-hmm. to, to, mm-hmm. to get their way and get out of trouble. And they do some mm-hmm. really seriously heinous things, right? Um, I mean, we haven't even touched on half the stuff that's in the current generation, much less past yeah. generations. There's past, this goes on for generations, 
generational yes. trauma, generational um whatever. Abuse I actually listened power. to a really interesting podcast about um that's that was sort of an anal analysis by a forensic psychologist of like some of mm -hmm. that. It's really kind of cool. Anyway, um so you have like okay, at the what was going on at the time was you had them trying to get Paul out of trouble with the with the boat accident at the same, you know, that was that was ongoing. Um and then you had what we didn't know at the time either, but he would the the issue with the with the um housekeeper, right? So mm -hmm. the housekeeper had died <laughs> right in front of Maggie, basically. And then um they one of the financial crimes that that Murdoch Alex Murdoch did was said, Oh, well, sue sue myself because it was mm -hmm. my property. Your insurance company will sue my insurance company, will pay out, and then you just get get, get that money, you know, right. for wrongful yeah. death. And then he, which, never which, paid the family. He never paid the family. Um, and, and apparently he'd and been doing that. This woman had been with the family for 20 some years. Yeah. This was like yes. a member of the family. Well, so and there's, she there's raised Paul. Questions, yeah. And there's questions yeah. about her death. Was that right. accident? Yeah. Right. So yeah, all like, these dead bodies. Right. And like, if you listen, if you listen to the 911 phone call, that Maggie made to report the woman's death. It's like, she's not remorseful that this lady's dead. She's no. not sad that this lady's dead. I don't dead. think she's she died at, right at the scene. I she think didn't. She, died she was in a coma, but yeah. she, You know, that. well, yeah, she didn't. Like yeah, what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is like, yeah. she's not, you know, I would think that if someone that raised my son, yeah, you know, for the last 20 years, fell and hit her head, I would be, oh my God, hurry up, get over here, help, or what's going on? Right. No, she sound, almost sounded like she was pissed off. Not only yeah. that, Alex jumped in and was like, stop asking, why are you asking so many questions? The 911 operator. Who said that? No, I thought that was Paul, actually. No, Paul. it was Alex. It was the husband. Uh, it was Maggie's husband. Um, he was um, on the phone and, okay, okay. and they were asking him questions as far as what right. happened and her medical history. Like how they many stairs him, did she fall down? Did she right, have a stroke? They were like, they're trying to ascertain, you know, what kind of response okay. they're sent. And he's like, why are you asking me so many questions? He, like, what a lawyer like response. Uh, like, what the yeah. So, um, so you have, that was going on at the same time. Right. And they're clearly trying to make that look like an accident. And then all of the nefarious shit with the financial crimes and all of that, that was going on. Um, the Paul stuff, um, you know, and then we also have Alex paid his cousin to shoot him in the head. Um, well, claims Alex is a crackhead. So let's, 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 okay. Let's well, uh, yeah, it. I guess we had to, we had to, so, I forgot about that. I forgot yeah. he's one. So of let's, let's, let's get down to remember uh, uh, for lack of a better term, Alex is a crackhead. Like, and I don't, I don't mean to say that to be funny. I le legit, this guy is a crackhead, right? No, I think he's so, oxys. Oxy. Okay. So That's different, completely different as a downer. It's not an upper. Come <laughs> yeah, on yes. now. Right. Right. So, but you know, they do some crazy shit, right? When they're, when they're jonesing for that money, trying to jones for right. that, for that fix, trying to get to the next fix, trying to get their way out. Right. And so they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna make the, the brightest decisions. Plus Alex was never known for being the brightest bulb in the bunch anyway. He never Shocker. had to be. That's no. what I'm saying. Mediocre no, right. white man. He never right. had to like, be. Like he was, he just was not very bright apparently and like he coasted on his family name got everywhere on his family name didn't do much at the law firm like 
you know, was just there taking money. Yeah. Stealing money and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All of that is happening. This is all happening at the same time. His law partner confronted him and said, have you been stealing basically? Cause they had some accounting yeah, stuff. And so all yeah. of that, that he'd been stealing for years, not just this one housekeeper situation, mm -hmm. but he'd been stealing yes. from the firm for years because of, you know, his drug habit, blah, 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 blah. Right. And whatever other personal expenses he, I guess. Um, so he was being confronted by the firm about that mm -hmm, and he was mm -hmm. losing. So he, everything was spiraling out of control. So there's talk that it was a suicide attempt because he wanted, well, you know, he wanted his wife and son and kid, or his son, his last remaining son to get all of the estate and money and life insurance and all that stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. And wasn't um, he in significant debt? Yeah. As it turns out. <laughs> oh mean. yeah well yes but and but he was in a lot of debt but he was also getting access to all this cash because he was good friends with uh the guy at the bank like mm. this guy at the bank would just was, give him money for would whatever give him money was like would allow him to like overdraw and into like the figure of like hundreds of thousands and yeah. would just continue to give him loans and then would like cash checks that he shouldn't have cashed from other people's accounts mm -hmm. like they would open up uh they would open up those those funds for the clients to have their their money their uh their settlements deposited into the escrow accounts yeah the escrow accounts the right client trust accounts and the iota right. accounts yeah. <laughs> yeah and 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 then the bank manager would allow him to go in there and cash cash checks to have access to that money which he shouldn't have been doing <laughs> crazy right so i mean that talks about all the complicity of all of these other mediocre yes. white men um yes. syndrome people whether they're male female whoever they are that they, they've got that they're all doing it together right mm -hmm. this hand you know help shakes that hand or whatever that mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever mm -hmm. the metaphor is or whatever right it is. well and you know it goes back to that good old boy society right mm -hmm. yeah you know yeah and it's so, like and then when paul when they finally did decide to arrest paul he never even had to get handcuffed mm-hmm like they they indicted him they you know he they went to go put the handcuffs on and then like alex you know looked at the the judge or the, not the judge the the bailiff or somebody and they you know didn't like he didn't have to he took his mugshot in the hallway like didn't even have to do any of that mm -hmm. normal stuff mm -hmm. um and he was charged with a felony um you know homicide um yeah you know, <laughs> like <laughs> um, anybody else. And if it was any of us, we would have, you know. No, it's sickening. It's yeah, he just hasn't spent sickening. a day in jail. No, it's just sickening. Or he didn't that, before he died. Right. Well, yeah. And, and it's just sickening that this just was allowed to go on and go on and go on. And then now we are where we are, where you have Stephen Smith is dead. Mm -hmm. You've got the housekeeper that's dead. Mm -hmm. You've got the wife that's dead. Mm -hmm. You've got the son that's dead. Mm -hmm. You've got Mallory that's dead. Mm -hmm. You've got Buster, who he's not dead, but he's going to have some emotional trauma. A lot, a lot of emotional <laughs> right? trauma. You know? And, and he testified this... uh, in favor of his father at the trial. Yeah. So he was supportive of right. his father at the trial. So. And, and I, you know. And we've heard their jail calls. We've heard some of their jail we've calls. Heard, we've heard their jail calls. And I, you know, denial is not just a river in Egypt. It is not. And, <laughs> and I can, and I can understand. Uh, no, I'm not going to say I can't understand. I, I'm going to say I would not want, that's not, an, I, that isn't 
in an, an unenviable position that Buster is in, right? That, you know, right. on one hand, this is the death of his mother and his brother that, that is at the, allegedly at the hands of his father. And on the other hand, this is his father's life being essentially taken away from him. He'll never see his father. He'll never touch his father again. Right, right because he was convicted. Yeah. Yes. And so all that is sad, but then also the poor Smith family, poor Stephen Smith's mother has just been asking for year, for eight years now, just for resolution to her son. Right. She just wants her justice for her son, you know. And to know what really happened. And to know what really happened, but she just wants her son to be able to rest in peace. And her son, her son cannot do that because of all the bullshit that's out there because of the Murdoch family. Right. At the end of the day, allegedly because of the Murdoch family at the, at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and, and even further, because of the, of the piss poor handling of that county's highway patrol, of that state's highway patrol. Do you think it was because, piss poor handling or do you think it was just this old good good old boy network because that one well, guy I, was trying to do the right, right thing well i when i say piss poor handling i mean the systemic handling of allowing that family to get away with things got it got it you so know? yes so, okay so you know <laughs> if we are going to if we are going to say yes the murdoch family had a hand in this young man's death then we're also we have to be then we have to jump to the next conclusion and say yep if they had a hand in his death then the reason why it was not the reason why it was handled the way it was handled is because the state deliberately handled it that way to protect that Murdoch family. Right. And then you're, I mean, you're just opening up a whole can of worms. So what do you do yes. with all that? Right. Right. And so, you know, if the Murdoch family did have something to do with this death mm-hmm. and if the state did um, protect the Murdoch family, mm-hmm. It's just sad that that poor woman has been fighting for so long to get justice for her son and that it took the death of two more people that had money, right? Mm -hmm. It took the death of two people that had money and had the right name for her son's case to finally get the attention it deserved. Mm. (laughs) Wow. That, That is... That is an outrage, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. It's an outrage that what ha- what happened to this young man is an outrage, but it's even more of an outrage that the only reason why he's even getting the attention he's getting is because the right family had something happen to them finally. Yep, mm-hmm. the right family had something happen to them that their name couldn't get them out of. Yeah, their name and money, and then yeah, all the money. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just the, the, it's fascinating. This whole other angle to me of the, the forensic psychologist that I touched on a tad bit earlier, because it talked talking about this generational Mm -hmm. system of everything you do is to keep yourselves out of trouble Mm -hmm. and out uh, and to keep yourselves powerful, right? Like in that position. And that becomes a family, I forgot the term that was used, but it's like, you know, we talk about generational trauma. Well, it's like a right. generational coping mechanism. Well, it becomes or- ingrained in them. And it's like, it becomes like, to them, it's not out of the normal. It's it, to them, it, it's yeah. how things are like, and there, 
and their view of the world, like it, it's not odd that they get away with these things. Right. It's not odd that they don't get punished for it. They, they don't, they don't get punished. That's, that's how the world works. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. from us looking into the glass, us looking into the fishbowl, from the outside looking into the fishbowl, we think, oh my God, this is so crazy that this family has gotten away with so much for so long. Mm-hmm. But to them, they're and looking that's at just, us. Right. Yeah. They're looking at us and they're going, why would we get in trouble? Like, we we didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. We And, we and this is what happened to break this generational. Yeah. And so now you have to have a pile of dead bodies for this family's the foundation of this family to finally crack open mm-hmm. it has taken now four deaths and an attempted death for this family to finally get out of the way yeah um oh yeah you know the just the just the uh, oh. mm. but you know what's even more infuri- more infuriating is if all of that is true. If the Murdoch family did have something to do with Stephen Smith's death, mm-hmm. and if they and if it was covered up by the state, and oh, that's what only, I was going to say. And it's only getting a cut, and it's only getting attention because of the Murdoch scandal that's going on now. If Buster doesn't get punished for his hand in it, then everything else is for naught. The Murdoch well, family, the Murdoch family dynasty and the Murdoch family ingratiated uh, line of getting away with doing whatever they want to do just continues to go on. That's true. That's true. Because it would be the same thing. The Fraudcast will be right back. Hey, Fraudcasters. Everyone knows that finding the perfect t-shirt can be such a challenge. I know I've always had problems with it, whether it was the fit or the quality. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims, the maker of my perfect t-shirt bra. Now I have the perfect t-shirt to go with that bra. From either crop silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. My cotton jersey t-shirt is now a wardrobe staple for me. I reach for it almost every day, and the fit is so perfect because it snatches me right in at the waist. I've washed it a million times, and it's held its shape really well. It fits like a dream. I absolutely love it. And honestly, you guys, I thought, like, okay, this shirt is going to be too small for me, and it's not going to fit right, and all the bulges are going to show but it doesn't at all. I put it on and it magically stretches to fit me perfectly and it holds all those bulges in. Every little but last bulge that I have is all held in and it looks fantastic. I absolutely love it and it's super, super comfortable and it is it is one of my new favorite t-shirts. You can shop the Skims t-shirt collection at skims.com, now available in sizes extra, extra small up to 4X. And if you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu. And now back to the fraudcast. You you laid out this this whole theory, right? Of the complicity of the state mm-hmm. involved in this. And and my brain immediately went to, well, that's a really good like that's a theory for a wrongful death suit against mm-hmm. the state. 
yep. you know, going mm-hmm. after the state. I'm like, huh. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a criminal attorney. I don't do right. any of this. But, right. you know, that's just you laid out the connection there. Right. Um, which, yeah, but, you know, part of the the problem that's going to be now is so much of the evidence is is gone, right? They yes. didn't preserve yeah. it as a crime scene. The, um, the car was, you know, immediately taken. And I think this is what Lexi was referring to earlier. There was something about when they were taking the going to tow the car away. It was like the the uncle had shown up there to like make sure it was towed away and not yeah to, like, oh yeah he showed up to the scene i know that that's yeah point. and 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 it was like to make sure the car got towed away he like handled towing it away um which you know the the highway patrol guy thought was weird because it was like you know oh the fish and wildlife people told me to come over and and pull this car up and you oh, know are like, talking about the like, boat accident or no it was uh there was something else uh, yeah no, that might have been the, the yeah, we're that might have been the, the two conflated because okay. the 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 uncle and I know the uncles and maybe the dad they did they did um come and pick up the boat uh, because right, the, right. the the victims of the boat crash um they were there like the next day still searching for Mallory mm-hmm. and like the family I think it was actually Mallory's family or some of the victims' families showed up and they wanted to get down there to the banks you know you know because that's where they're that's where this incident happened right and the highway patrol told them nope Yo, you you can't go this, you can't go you can't but go then... yeah you can't go this is a crime scene it's it's cordoned, cordoned off but then they let literally apparent according to the story allegedly Maggie. as soon as they say you can't go step aside the murdochs are coming and they let the murdochs come in to get the boat right but not yeah. the yeah yeah i mean um but but yeah there was something with the uncle being at where the car or something with the car and they didn't get it processed right like right. so okay. that's gone um so much yeah. evident potential evidence is gone you know um yeah. because I'm of gonna... the murdochs because how they got the investigation to mm-hmm. brush mm-hmm. everything aside i'm going to have to find that clip because i know it was somebody important that drove by and saw randy on the scene talking to the police yeah at Stephen's well, that, right well and that wouldn't surprise me especially given the fact that he it is on record from the highway patrol it is in their record of the of the case that randy murdoch contacted them and told them point blank told them to investigate these other leads as well to stop investigating buster and investigate mm-hmm. these other leads and then Mrs. Smith, Stephen Smith's mother, said that Randy Murdoch came to her personally and said, and and I know I've said this several times, but it's just so wild to me. I know. He would go to her and say, I'm going to investigate your son's death for you for free. Mm hmm. Well, and also. Murdoch's are not a charitable family. They're not known for sure. (laughs) Clearly. Also, Paul's boat wreck, the first person he wanted to call was his grandfather to get him Mm -hmm. out of whatever potential trouble. If Buster was involved in the death of of Stephen Smith, then who might he have called if an incident happened? Right. So he might have called an uncle, a grandpa, it's four o'clock in the morning. Maybe the uncle was the one, you know, who picked up the phone. I don't know. Um, maybe you you call grandpa during these hours if you you call uncle you know maybe the take shifts right. i don't you know well I because know. we know that we know that alex is not alex is not the the fixer 
No. You know, and the family, Alex is not the one that you call to fix the problem. Well, he yeah. tried in the hospital. <laughs> he right. tried hard. It didn't work out yeah, so well. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. He was not very good I, at it. No. Alex is Alex is the one that you kind of just he would be the Prince Harry in the family, you know. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's 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 like the Prince Andrew of the family. It's just oh, kind of like the Prince Andrew, you know, right? Oh. He just kind of like you just yeah. he does he's doing what he's doing, you know, and and the other ones just kind of clean up the mess, right? Right. And um, so the uncle probably was the fixer in that situation. Buster yeah. probably called the uncle. Uncle mm-hmm. went out there. What if, and what that if it wasn't waited. Buster? What if his father caught them or something? Like, what if it was somebody else that took him out? I don't know. I'm just throwing another theory out there. Because yeah. right. think about it. What if, like, hypothetically, Alex saw Stephen and Buster hooking up or whatever? I mean, as a straight man in the South, as a no, he's no, no. Buster, so, he just he would hide it. No, 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 he's never good. No, you I would say never, but, but then he killed his own kids. So. Yeah, so that's what well, I'm saying. No. Like, I, I wouldn't put it past him to shut, shut it, you know, shut it down. To shut it down. I, hmm. I, I think more of your other theory is is. You know, because the the stories that they kept hearing were that the cop kept hearing from the friends was all, oh yeah, there was all these rumors. The the rumor that I kept hearing was, you know, I mean, they could these never are rumors the among high school that, right. kids or whatever. But the 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 rumors about they beat him up and threw him out of the car kept coming up. Right. So who was the they? I don't remember who they were talking. So like it was Buster's- it was it was supposed to be um, Buster, and then to other people and then mm-hmm. they there's there's um it's never really mentioned who the other two people are like it's never really determined it's right. just said it's just buster into other people mm-hmm. and, uh, and there are several different people that it could be um i you know i just i just look back i just step back and look at it as a from as as a whole picture right i look at it as Here's this young man that for all in all accounts, and I'm talking about Stephen Smith, for all accounts was an, an amazing student for a very long time, was a very good student, had very good grades, was very dedicated to learning what he was learning so that he could better himself and get a mm-hmm. good education. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, two weeks before his death, it's like a light, it's like a switch goes off, right? Mm-hmm. And he just completely changes changes so much that even his twin sister and his mother notice it right yeah you know and so i i look at that and i'm like well something's going on there and then as 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 uh as kat was saying you know then there are the little breadcrumbs that he's left that like oh well i'm seeing this person but i can't tell you it is but it's a it's a powerful person Mm -hmm. it's a powerful person in the community well so there's rumors that he is in a relationship with buster and then out of his own mouth, he's gonna he's seeing someone that he can't talk about because they're powerful. And then he's in a bad mood and he he's changes his personality, changes two weeks before he dies, within two weeks before he dies. Then he mysteriously dies within 15 miles of the person's home that he's supposed he's allegedly supposed mm-hmm. to be having this affair with in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. in a field in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 15 miles sounds like a long way but, but not out there it's not right but not out there and let's remember 
that when we say 15 miles, we don't mean that like 15 miles and then you get to us to the home. It's like the property that Moselle is on is an is an insane, insanely large property, right? Mm-hmm, right. It's hundreds of acres. It's a and, yeah, it's a hunting property. So it's right. Yeah. yeah. So when you say so it's it's not out of the realm of possibility to be 15 miles away from the home on Moselle because the home is not going to be up on the highway or up on the up on the dirt road. The home is going to be way back on the property, right? Right. Right. And, and you so, see that in pictures and in the maps yeah. that you saw during mm-hmm. the the um mm-hmm. during the trial because that's where the you know the dog kennels is where the mm-hmm. murders occurred, right? Right, where- right. And so, you know, I I'm I just I circle back to I can I can see it clear as day in, in my mind that he started tutoring Buster. Mm-hmm. They had a, a relationship blossomed because they were alone and Buster was not around people that he had to impress. Mm-hmm. And then I think maybe I personally think maybe um Buster maybe called it off. Maybe it was getting a little too serious for Buster. Maybe he called it off. And Stephen was upset about that. And maybe that was Stephen, the two weeks yeah. before. Right? And maybe Stephen went out as like a one on the last time of his life, went out to like beg Buster to, you know, reconsider or something. And maybe Buster got upset with him, or maybe maybe he or even surprised Buster lured Buster, him out there. Or or Buster lured him out there. To, I, to I kill him. Yeah. To kill him. I don't I don't know about that. I I think that maybe he surprised Buster out there and Buster had friends and Buster's friends were out there. And so to save face in front of his friends, that he absolutely up, could be. You know, he roughed him up and maybe the roughing up got a little rougher than he expected. And the young man died. They quickly disposed, they freaked out and just dropped the body in the middle of the road. And then he called his uncle and his uncle started fixing the problem. Mm-hmm. And his uncle called the coroner. The coroner said it's a hit and run. His uncle called the police, said investigate this other thing. His uncle called the judges and got probably got it, you know, classified as something else very quickly. Got everything shut down. Nobody mm-hmm. called the investigation called off and everybody moved on. And yeah. there was another piece of evidence too that they mentioned that his legs and his shoes were still oh, on. Yeah. Right. So yep. his shoes never came off. And if you're going to get mm-hmm. hit by a car, most likely a shoe is going to come flying off. There yep. were no yes. bruises on his lower legs. He was wearing shorts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're hit by a car, you should have yeah. one of those things at least happen to you, bruising yeah. or blood on the bruising, leg. your shoes come off, your right. clothes right. come off, like and none they, of that occurred. Right. And from my from my understanding, the the highway patrol that found him theorized that he was killed at another location and then his body was placed where it was found. Mm, that right. seems most likely. I mean, yeah. I mean, so so I do watch a lot of dateline, admittedly, but like the thought <laughs> of him, Buster and his buddies luring Stephen out there, you yeah. know, because I can see him like if he sends him a text like, "Hey, you want to like hook talk. up like let's yeah. hook right. up like yeah. old yeah. times, right?" Yeah. That's that's very possible. He would go out there, and then maybe Stephen Buster ex- and his buds beat him up, and then it got too rough. Like what, like what you were saying, didn't mean to kill him, but then he dies anyway, and then they go, "Oh shit!" Mm-hmm. And we'll dump him on the well, road, make it look like a hit and run, call Uncle. Right. Well, and then that would also 
go into when they were doing discovery. Uh, and when they were in discovery and they were going through evidence they found at Moselle, maybe they came across the cell phone that had the text messages that, hey, come out, you know, let's let's talk. Let me let's hook up or something. Right. I bet you I have this feeling that you were saying, Wes, that they were Stephen probably developed feelings or Buster wanted to end it. Uh huh. Who's to say Stephen didn't say, hey, I'm like going to expose you or something or not, right. not, not yeah. like victim blaming or anything like that. But I'm saying no, like, no, no. Yeah. there right, was enough right. pressure on Buster to react. Uh-huh. Like, yes. I can't yep. have this be exposed. And right. if, there was some threat you know, to the secrecy, right. and right. It, because, whether it was whether it was a Buster himself or whether some situation or whether there was like, you know, ultimatum or whether. I don't know, right. maybe he made it sound more ominous than it really was. Well, and because we already know that that within that family, that family has the capacity to go the, to those things, right? Yes. Right. You know, and so. And I know some people listening may not believe in demons or or negative energy, but I'm telling you, when I look at Alex Murdoch's eyes, I've mentioned this before, they are black. They are black, 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 like demonic black. Even in trial, I was like, he doesn't even yeah, have Yeah, you pupils. commented. Yeah, like he just looks evil. Like he, I don't know what else to say. Like when we were watching the end of that trial, the the closing statements, excuse me. And that was like the very first comment you made was about his eyes. Yeah, like I've ever looked at somebody in the Mm -hmm. eyes and gotten chills, just like just really negative feelings about somebody. Like that's how I feel when I see him. I'm like just whole body. and And I also, and I also understand that like, you know, if Buster Murdoch was in a, in a, same-sex relationship with Stephen Smith and you know that would not be acceptable to his family that's just right. not that right. is not acceptable to his family that is not that's just Probably not, not going acceptable to, to him right you well, know, that's because what of saying. what's been ingrained in him yeah well, that's what I'm saying that's not going to be acceptable because when you come from a family when you come from the south a family is everything right you know when you are raised in a, in a white family in the south in particular you know <laughs> your family name means a lot and you you do not dishonor the family and so um you know you're going to do whatever it takes to protect the family's name and so i can very much see where maybe buster decided that this was this needed to stop because it was not right for his family because he knew his family wasn't going to accept it. It wasn't going to be right in their eyes. I mean, that's, you know, I, I go back to my story of I had to pray the gay. I was taken, I was told to go pray the gay away. And and, and I just decided I wasn't going to talk to my family about being gay because I wasn't going to pretend to be straight. And, you know, and that's mm-hmm. how I lived the rest of my life because mm-hmm. up until I was 37, we just don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had two separate lies. I, my friends never met my family and my family never met my friends. And I don't mean sexual partner friends. I mean, just friends in general. Mm. That's tough. You know, yeah, and so uh, whether my friends were gay or straight or not, it was very, this is my life as West with my family. Yep. And this is my mm-hmm. life with as West with my friends. Yeah. And they're two completely different worlds, two completely different lives. They don't mix. They don't intermingle nothing i don't when i'm with these people this doesn't exist when i'm with this with this family right these people right. don't exist mm-hmm. i understand and um, so you know i i just 
I can I can just very clearly see how that would not be acceptable for him. That's interesting you brought that up too because and Katrina, maybe you can speak more to this. I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about laws that are outdated that speak about something like if you like meet somebody and that person comes on to you and it's the same sex and then you quote murder them or hurt mm-hmm. them really bad. The defense is called something about like enraged. Basically it's like, because you were hit on by the same sex, it created an emotional turmoil that then made you react. Right. And right. that was a criminal, that was an actual defense for a yeah, long time. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think I've, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know enough about it, but it would not surprise me given the kinds of laws that are existing now um, and being put so, on the books now in certain right. states. It would not surprise me at all if that stuff was still on the books in, in certain places. So I keep just, in mind, so keep in mind, there is no federal protection for uh, gays and lesbians at all. There are no federal protections for us uh, in regards to uh, specifically uh, discrimination against us, right? Mm-hmm. There are no federal anti-discrimination laws for gay people, right? Uh, like there are for other minority groups. There, there's not. You can be fired for being gay. You can be evicted for being gay at a federal level. Right. Uh, all of this stuff. Now, the state can be more strict and, and well, change Well, I mean, that. there is EEOC, so, and that's federal. Right. Yes, that covers um, gender identity, I think. Uh, mm, gender mm, expression? No, not gender expression, but I think it, uh, anyway, I don't know. Well, I have to yeah, look. so, um, but, I, and, and I also do know that, like, it's 2023, I want to say we're maybe only 13 years out from sodomy being legalized right and and sodomy is not sodomy is not just anal sex sodomy is any any form of sex that is not vaginal right i just i I, boggles my mind boggles my mind so sodomy is any form of sex that is not vaginal so oral anal it runs the gamut right Mm -hmm. and so um less than 15 years ago you could be arrested and imprisoned for having oral sex. Mm-hmm. There's right. a there's a very famous case of two men that were in that were in Houston actually, and this was in the late '90s or early 2000s. Um, and I don't remember. I don't know the specifics, so don't quote me on this. But they were in their in their apartment, and they were having sex. And they got a little loud (laughs) (laughs) and uh, their neighbors filed a noise complaint and the police came and arrested both of them for for having sex (sighs) and they were put in prison. What? Yes. They were imprisoned for uh, at least a year, if not longer. It's crazy. And so- yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so and so all of this is said because that just goes to show you how dangerous it is. Mm-hmm. Is now, you know, and this was and Steve Smith died 8 years ago, right? So just imagine how open our minds are now in 2023 and we still have a lot of these closed-minded views. Mm-hmm. Well, 8 years ago, just imagine how much worse it was 8 years ago, right? Right. Correct. You know, yeah. and so 
eight years ago, imagine where Buster's headspace was. Mm-hmm. And you have to think like how young they were too. I mean, uh-huh. to be 19 and teenagers, basically like, yeah, that's a whole, that's adding on even more things. Like they can't process uh-huh. stuff. Like I feel like, stuff. I feel like in my gut, it wasn't like something he just did to a sponte. I feel like it would be, um, sorry, it was on his own. <laughs> uh. I feel like, I feel like there was a threat to the secrecy of it. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and in order to protect it, that's mm-hmm. what, you know, happened. I don't think he just right. was like, oh, I'm going to have to go kill, you know, beat him up to, to, right. he probably no, I think he would have still been getting dick. Yeah. He would have continued to get dick and, but there was some threat to, to the, to it being mm-hmm. exposed and he couldn't have that. And so and he had right. to look tough with his friends. So let's go beat up the, the weird gay kid. And, right. you know, I mean, like I said, I see too much Dateline. Right. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Right. I could certainly see a scenario where like, you know, I'm going to try to tie in the, the two weeks of him being off and all that. I can certainly see a scenario where maybe the relationship got, the relationship went to a place where Buster wasn't comfortable. So Buster mm-hmm. broke it off. Mm-hmm. And so Steven yep. was upset for two weeks and in a last ditch effort, he threatened Buster. And mm. so Buster lured him uh-huh. out there to talk mm-hmm. to him about it under the guise of talking to him about it. And then when he got out there with his friends, mm-hmm. he got out there, then he, he and his friends probably beat him up, picked him up, scared him, beat him up, roughed him up, got a little too rough, went a little too far Maybe all of that rage and anger that Buster probably had pent up got released mm-hmm. because that is a crime. It's, you know, at that point it was a crime of passion, maybe or not right. for lack of a better term, crime of passion, but right, you know, right, right. That's you know, the anger to took it. over yeah, and the anger took over. Heat of the moment type thing. Heat of the moment they call it, thing. Yeah. And it got out of hand and Stephen Smith passed away. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe he didn't, maybe he was, maybe they didn't even kill him at that time maybe they beat him up and dumped his body and he didn't get medical attention in time and he died from his injuries. Mm. Possible. I could see a scenario too, where, um, that where he, like you said, letting out this pent up anger and Mm -hmm. stuff, like suddenly Mm -hmm. just loses his shit. Like, Oh, they're all beating him up and suddenly loses his shit and just like over, you know, like you see right. it, like I just wrote right. the scene. You guys can contact me if you want the rights yeah. to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but right? by golly, I think that's it. I honestly right. think that's the exact scenario. Right. We like, just solved the case, you guys. Right. We just solved Cause it. Because like, go, cause go back to the highway patrol. They said it looked like he had a bullet, a bullet wound to his head. Right. So did the coroner was... ever, did they do, were they able to confirm that he did not have a bullet to his head? No, no, or, the coroner. Well, that's why they. That's why they've exhumed the body now, right? Okay, so they yeah, could have a new go. autopsy done. Because, so we'll find out soon enough, then, for right. sure, whether or not a bullet yeah. went through his head. Right, because the coroner at the time, the coroner said that the wound to the head was from blunt force trauma from the vehicle striking him. Which I think it. I mean, he could have been hit in the head with a baseball bat to scare him. Or, well, that's what they were talking about right. too. Yeah. yeah, you know, there, there. So it could have been an object. Could have been anything. So that's why the, yeah. the exhuming the body is important. Um, and have right. you know. I find it interesting too that they they made this announcement after 
Alex Murdaugh was found guilty. And I wonder how much like that played into it. Like, did they know early on? Because if if they got evidence from discovery, they got that shit early on, right? Somebody found that and they're like, okay, we'll deal with that. And let's deal with this first, right? Right, right. And then um, they knew that they they were going to reopen it, but save the announcement, they're like waiting for... You know, what's going to happen on this to see, because then like if he's found not guilty, then, well, shit, you're going to run into the same problems. Right. Well, and and I hate to say he's let off. Right. Well, and exactly. And this is going to sound horrible to say, but like. When you take a case, from my understanding, when you take a case to a D.A., whether the, the person's guilty or not the DA is going to examine the evidence and then they're going to decide whether or not they want to even pursue charges because right. if the DA doesn't feel that there is a merit to the case, mm-hmm. whether or, or not, if they, yeah, if the DA doesn't feel like that they can get a conviction, they they normally will not proceed with the case because they don't want to waste the resources. There are a of lot of other reasons why DA yeah. will not pursue cases as well, including political yeah. reasons. I'm just saying right. it's yes. not just yes. whether mm-hmm. or not they think they can prevail. There's just right, well, right, but yes, but and so the point I'm trying to make is like perhaps they wanted to see what the court of public opinion was going to be, mm-hmm. you know, before they proceeded 100%. because like. This family had this family up until Alex Murdoch's conviction. Maybe they still that family name still had a lot of cachet in the state, right? And then now that now that they have this conviction, now they don't have as much cachet. Well, a lot of people didn't believe that he like they only believe that he did it when he got the conviction. Yeah. Right. Like there was people that up until that point, they were like, well, I don't know, especially like after he testified, but even well before that, you know, he'd been denying yeah. and denying. And it was only it came out of the trial that he that Snapchat video that showed that he was there at the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Up until then, he was I mean, when and then he was forced to confront that lie. But up until oh. then, he'd been denying that he was there. So there was oh, you can't place me there. You know, there was enough reasonable doubt. People were, you Mm -hmm. know, legitimately not sure if he did it or not. Mm -hmm. And then he gets convicted and now they're like, oh, okay. So now public opinion shifts. So like you said, the court of public opinion. It's always interesting to me when defendants get up and say, well, I know I'm a liar. I know I've lied in the past, but I'm not lying about this. Casey Casey Anthony did it in her documentary. I know I'm a pathological liar, but I'm not lying about this. Yeah, no. He gets up there and he's like, what was that? Yeah, sorry, no. (laughs) That bitch took him to Disney World to show him her job. And then halfway after an hour of walking him around was like, okay, I don't really work here. (laughs) (laughs) She should have been convicted just for that alone. Illogical (laughs) fucking trash bag. Alex is on the stand like, I know I lied. I know. I know I lied about this and that and stole millions of dollars and that. But I'm not lying about this. And there's so much I want to talk about with this case. But my my buddy um, has things have been happening in his real life that he couldn't come on and hasn't been able to come on and talk about the case yet. But like, oh, there's so much to talk about with him, like him taking the stand and, and you know, uh, you know, Buster mm-hmm. coming up and talking about him, Alex and his papa and Max mm-hmm. and, you know, like you've never once referred to him as papa in any of these other interviews that you've done. <laughs> I have to For being an attorney, that. he's stupid. Alex? Yes. 
Oh, Alex is so stupid. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, the only reason why he was an attorney is because his last name was Murdoch. 100%. And I guarantee that's the only reason why he passed the bar, why mm-hmm. he was allowed to, to even. I was going to say, though. Why he's allowed to sit for the bar. Yeah. Right. What I was going to say, though, is, and this is an unpopular opinion. Um, I was thinking Buster Murdoch was kind of looking a little cute here recently. Oh, <laughs> oh sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> Oh God! We Are you going to start writing to him? We need. We need. We, yeah. Not Alex Buster. <laughs> we, <laughs> the one that's still alive. Like, when he goes to still alive. jail. If you start writing him and end up on Love After Lockover, <laughs> one, of those, one of those shows, I'm going to freak yeah. out. When, when he goes to jail for luring <sighs> Stephen out there to the field and killing him allegedly. Well, hey. <laughs> Well, hey, if that if he does get convicted and he does admit it, then at least I know I got a shot. I can get in there and he'll be in prison. So then I know I won't get killed. Or you could just lure him out to the field when he, oh, yes, before he'd be in prison. Wait, wait, like, I'm not defaming the guy. Let's not defame. This is alleged. This is theories. Yes, yes, <laughs> We're yes, talking yes, theories yes. here. Yes, exactly, theories. Exactly, exactly. When he tries to sue well, me for defamation. Well, that's why I'm saying. I'm not defaming him. I was saying he was looking kind of hot, you know, so I mean. Oh, my God. He was, he was cute. He looks good with the long hair. Looks good on him. Buster right. has long hair right now. Yeah, the picture that I saw of him in court, he had a, his hair was a little longer. Oh, shaggy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Shaggy. That, that's yeah. a good look on him. He slimmed down a little bit. Cute. All righty then. <laughs> that's West all you, Wes. Wes Schultz, ladies and gentlemen. I'm also Thanks the for guy joining that, us. I'm also <laughs> the guy that kind of secretly thinks that President Trump and Putin are hot, but you know. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you stand on Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker? I don't know what he looks like. Oh. He's actually like okay looking from the one few clips I've seen of him. Right now, I what, about, what about what about Hunter Biden? Hunter Biden, uh, he's okay looking. You know who's fucking hot is, oh God, the Prime Minister of Canada, Trudeau. His ass oh, yeah. is like two <laughs> ripe fucking cantaloupes and I just want to take a fork and just eat them. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, let's see, Richard Ramirez. Let's see, let's see. Let's see what he looks like. Mm. No, not my type. Not your type. Okay, what about, uh, um, so I guess then probably um, Enrique Tario, the leader of the Proud Boys. Enrique. If you don't Tari. like Richard Ramirez, you're probably not going to like Wes, him. Unless you can infiltrate the, <laughs> the Proud Boys. <laughs> Enrique, hey, no, Enrique Tario is kind of hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hello, Tiati. Hello, Tiati. <laughs> I think he's he's spending time up in the DC jail up here, so you can come visit me. Hi, Zaddy. There you go. I'll take you to visit him (laughs) at the DC jail. I got he's smoking a cigarette. Mm, Look at those arms. (laughs) He's probably on grinder too, you know, low key. (laughs) (laughs) Allegedly. I'm just kidding. Don't allegedly. It's like a whole separate segment. Like it just will West fuck him or not, and we just <laughs> well, come up with the most foul. Like wh- like Ted Bundy. Like people think he was like charming and shit. I don't. But yeah, yeah, yes on Ted Bundy. What about um, Jeffrey Dahmer? 
Oh yeah. yeah? Okay. <laughs> I would have gotten Lord back. I would have gotten Lord back real quick. <laughs> Although, if I would have walked into that apartment and I would have been like, like a dead body in here, no boo boo, I don't think so. <laughs> like, if your apartment is this dirty, how dirty is that dick? No, thank oh, you. Oh, God. <laughs> um, temper. Who? I'm just going to go through serial killers. Let me see. Let's see this. Give me Edward Kemper. Edward, Edward, I think, is his name. Ed, Edward Kemper. Oh, no. Nope. Yeah, no. He had a mom thing. No, thank you. It's okay. the, you know what it is? It's the mustache. It looks too much like my dad's mustache. Oh, <laughs> shit. Okay. Um. Trying to oh they only pull up the same ones. I'm just trying to I was trying to find some other ones for you, but but uh no. Um oh, is that BTK? No, oh Golden State Killer. I was gonna say that, but I thought it was too old for him. So I was yeah, like, I think nah. he is. I don't know. I don't He's think like you geriatric. Have a grandpa, you yeah. don't have a grandpa thing, do you? No. Yeah. Well, not what he looks got, like now in jail. What he looks like in prison versus what he looked like before he went to prison are two different things, too. Uh, no, I, here's a picture of him yet. No. No. Okay. No. All right. So we, we're at half and half on these serial half killers. Half, yeah. Speaking of the Golden State Killer, he is well known for having an extremely small penis. Just a random fact. Random. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, okay, well then that's a- like that was one of the descriptions everyone used on him. Like extremely right. small. I have a gigantic ass. You can't have a small penis if I have a gigantic ass. It just like it's just not gonna would work. Not work. <laughs> would not work. I mean, I don't want a micro penis either. So, I mean, I'm not. A, I'm I'm not shaming a micro penis. I'm just saying physically, my ass is so gigantic <laughs> that like it, it, it's not you gonna. You wouldn't work. even know he's there. Yeah, yeah like. Is that a hot dog? Like, what's Vienna sausage? Like, what's going on? Like, Vienna sausage. Yeah. Oh, God. That that reminds me of the the original um, 90 day dick pic that went around. Colt. What? Mm. What's like, I have no idea what 90 day fiance is. No. Uh, Yeah. 90 day fiance dick. It's a thing. Um, You know who's got a really good dick pic? Or, you know, who's got a really nice dick is. Justin Bieber's dick is nice. I don't think I've seen Justin Bieber's dick. Thank God. I have. I don't oh, need Justin to. Justin Bieber is sexy. He's not unattractive. I, I'd, I'd do him. I'd bone him. Colt's video. Let's see. There's a picture, too, where he's wearing a red shirt. <laughs> he's, a, he's the one that sent it around, so. I mean... Anyway, I don't know, but I'm opposed to anybody with the name of Colt because I just got ghosted by this guy named Colt. He's an asshole. So, yeah. Well, so okay then. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever you are, (laughs) Texas, maybe. No, he's not in Texas. Okay. Well, wherever you may be, can we publicly shame him? Yes, please. (laughs) <laughs> yes. okay. Colt I mean from... he's 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 in a he's in a 
I can't say too much about him because he's got some personal things going on that I don't want to interfere with. But I'll just say you're an asshole and um, I hope your dick falls off. (gasps) You better hope your dick don't fall off. Danielle, our queen. (laughs) (laughs) Our queen. Um, Our Lord and Savior, Danielle Jabali. Anyway, (laughs) on that note, um, I um, got manhandled today by a really big Russian dude. So that was nice. And he gave me almost orgasmic like adjustment. Oh my god! Let me show you this picture of the Serbian guy that hit me up. Okay, and with that, we're out. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. (laughs) Leave us leave us a five star review, even because of Wes, or I don't know, in spite of him, I don't know. Uh, Wes, thank you. I think for tuning for joining us for this episode. Thank you, Wes. We will continue yes, to keep the the frauded world, broadcast world updated on this story as it um, as information becomes available. Um, Wes will come back and and do that with us. <laughs> and uh, Wes is starting to show me pictures online, and I'm this is starting to scare me. So I bid you adieu. Thank you. Hey, fraudcasters. You know, I used to find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. They were the first thing to take off when I got home. But Skims has changed all that. You guys know I love my Skims Fits Everybody t-shirt bras. I own them in just about every shade now. I wear them every single day when I leave the house. And they are completely worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I was not expecting from them was how comfortable they are. Even the underwire bras that I wear all day, I barely even notice. Definitely not the first thing I take off when I come home anymore. Y'all, I'm a 36 double D and I've had a reduction and I've gone up and down and lost weight and gained weight and all the things. And the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, I swear, fits me the best. I finally found a t-shirt bra that I can wear. But not only that, it is the best bra that I own. It holds the girls in so well. And let me just say, Hetero Life Mate really appreciates these bras too. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com. Now available in 62 sizes from a 30A to a 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, please be sure to let them know that we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show, The Fraudcast, in the drop-down menu that follows.